This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Ashley. And this is the Almost Famous Podcast. We have a really big episode for you all this week. I mean, this is this is huge. And, and I guess I want to start out. Uh, there's been some things weighing on Ashley and I uh, this week. Um, and so, Ashley, I, I just want to give you a little time here to, to speak on it. Yeah, so... We did an interview last week, and for the first time in our four months of doing this podcast, we got a lot of strong, sometimes harsh, sometimes mad and upset comments at us. They weren't all in email form. Some of them were on forums, and um, we were just we're, we're just a little confused. Um, we know we were tough in this particular interview, but we really wanted to come off as a discussion. I really just thought I was putting my opinions out there. I think Amy and Ben felt the same way. I didn't personally feel like I was being mean or a bully. I certainly don't think I was being a bully. I think in this very sensitive culture we live in today, people sometimes jump and accuse a conversation or an adult argument as bullying, but really it's just an argument and it's a disagreement, but it doesn't mean that there's any like ill will in it. So we asked tough questions. We presented, I felt like, all sides, but let me know if, if you do think that we were really too swayed. I really do feel like I defended and disagreed with the person at the same time. And I like to think of myself, I know like some of you may, may call me out on this and you're going to be like, Ashley, that's ridiculous. You have a podcast talking about The Bachelor, but I think of myself as a journalist. I have my master's in it. Like This is what I was trained to do. So when I go into an interview with somebody... I'm not going to be afraid to ask what I think the, the listeners want me to ask, like sometimes the scary questions, because that's what makes an interesting conversation. We don't always want to be fluffy and lighthearted. We want to do that most of the time. Like my job is to like make you guys smile. I think that Ben and I feel like you want to come to the Almost Famous podcast to like get some dirt, to get some gossip, hear about your favorite show and the people involved with it. But I don't think you need like a whole lot of aggression. And I don't think we intended to do that last week. But I just want you to know that when we, we asked those tough questions, I was thinking of myself as a journalist, and I, I hope it didn't come across to too many people like it was hostile. There was a campaign that was started this week to go on our iTunes page and to give the Almost Famous podcast bad reviews because of this discussion, argument, I don't think it was bullying, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay strong to that. I, I definitely don't think this is bullying. Um, I think if you want to point out something in the bachelor community that was bullying, I think calling scallop a girl scallop fingers behind her her face, uh, you know, behind her back was probably more bullying. That was like with malintent. That was making fun of someone in in ill will. Um, I think this was just an adult conversation, and some people wished we felt differently anyway so if you like our podcast or if you don't like our podcast but if you like it and you want us to continue and we really want to continue but if if it's not fun anymore there's going to be less intent like there's going to be less incentive for us to want to continue so we would love to read all of your reviews on our itunes page so please go give us some stars Give us some written reviews. We appreciate all your thoughts. And don't forget that if you do have like a big opinion you want to share with us, it is Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. 
and uh, show us the love if you have it for us. <laughs> yeah, so um, to kind of piggyback on what Ashley was saying, uh, I, I guess personally, um, just after last week's episode, it, it does, and I think Ashley just said it, it kind of sucked the fun out of this, and, and, I, and I'm totally uh, in agreement with some of the points raised that uh, this podcast should never be about bringing somebody down or putting somebody down or making somebody feel less than. Um, that's not what I want to do this for, honestly. It's it would be the last thing, and I and I don't and I do think last week in that interview we got closer to that than we ever have, and I think Ashley and I have both learned a lesson to to continue to, p- to hopefully pick people up to um, talk about these scenarios that are happening in the bachelor world because let's be honest, a lot of them are funny, and a lot of them hopefully we can all make fun of ourselves and we can be self-deprecating and. Um, you know, we, we've gone on TV to date, and at some level, that's just humorous. But we never want to personally hurt anybody, and somebody was obviously personally hurt after coming on our show. And and I want to just apologize, even if we believe that we 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 said everything um, that we wanted to say, and we were trying to just share the story and to get to the bottom of what this whole Instagram post is about. I do want to apologize on behalf of this podcast that we hurt somebody. Um, that's not what we want to do, and we're not going to do it from here on out. And and so as we move forward. Um, um, to anybody out there that was contacted to to put a negative comment on Reddit or anybody was contacted to to put a negative comment on our social media, it hurt and it hurts pretty bad. Um, but Ben and I were uh, really stressed out about it all week, and we both listened back to the podcast because we were getting some heat and we were just a little bit confused because we knew it was a a harsher, like a, it was a more serious tone podcast than usual, but. We both were kind of at a loss as to what all this bullying, all the bullying accusations were about. So we both went back and listened to it. And I honestly am very confused where we're getting such harsh backlash. I can understand you saying like, oh, I didn't like your tone there. Or like, wow, you really feel strongly on that side. But I don't know where you're getting the bullying from. Um, it's like, would you call Barbara Walters, Megyn Kelly, Diane Sawyer? Would you call them bullies or in the middle Chris of an Harrison interview? As an example, because he's in the Bachelor world, I guess he so. Has really tough questions on the, you know, after the final rose and all those things, and he's not being a bully. He's just asking the questions that the listeners want. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you guys to be afraid to say what you think. That's what this show's about. And also for the people listening, they wrote us emails to talk about this topic. A, more than we've gotten on any other topic. So, you know, I don't want you guys to be, to censor yourselves too much. I think what is really good about you guys is how you present such a fair perspective. Yeah, just, just, if, I mean, it, no matter what happened, no matter if what we said was right or wrong or what, it, that is not the issue. That's indifferent, right? Um, I, 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 I want to apologize for hurting somebody. I want to believe that Danielle was actually hurt by the – I mean, if she's going to come out and in public and say she was hurt by this, then she was hurt. And I want to, I want to address that and say, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to hurt her. And, and even if we didn't mean to, and even if we still feel like the things we said weren't as harsh as what maybe um, are being communicated, we still hurt somebody. And so we want to apologize to her. That wasn't our intent. That's not how we feel about her as a person. It's not what we think about her as a person. It's not what we want others to think about her as a person. We don't want anybody to feel negative by coming on this show. And so if that's the end of this, if, if you know, if she wants to talk to us personally, we've, we, we, we have reached out to her um, off of this just to, just to talk with her and tell her, hey, you know what? 
at the end of the day, Danielle, like I was more confused by the post because I thought it was saying she wasn't beautiful, and I think she's gorgeous, and so that's maybe why I came in condescending because I I just didn't know the post. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody was hurt. That's not what we want, and it's not what we're going to have happen from here on out. And so with that, let's move into some of these emails that we received this week uh, asking us to talk about this, because we did. You know, we talked about it with Danielle uh, on the last week's episode because we did get a lot of emails uh, sent in to us asking, hey, what's up with this post? Are her and Dean still dating? You know, what's going on with this? So we talked about it. And this week we, we had some follow-up emails. Ashley, you want to run through those? Yeah, I just want to elaborate on what he said, what Ben said. Um if we whatever we did to offend anyone out there, we do want to know specifically what that is so that we can be better and we could never act that way again. All right. So this email is from Sarah. She says, hi, guys. I think you guys were a little bit hard on Danielle L for her caption about feeling like her beauty has hurt her reputation. During the whole conversation, I thought back to the movie Legally Blonde, which is a cinematic masterpiece. And I do completely agree with you, Sarah. It has inspired me in so many ways. Um, I almost went to law school because of Elwood's. Um, I think what Danielle L. was trying to make a point of was that she was very sexualized on Paradise and she never was edited to have any depth or even a brain. I'm happy you guys got her on to listen to her side, but I felt like I could really explain what she meant in more detail. And hopefully you guys will bring up this issue next week. Overall, huge fan of the show, but I need you guys to understand how deep of an issue this really is. And it affects multiple women. Okay, well, I wish we had Sarah's number so we could call her. We can try emailing her. All right, now this is from Brianna. Brianna says, hi, Ben and Ashley. I do not understand why hundreds of people seem to be so outraged over last week's episode. You guys simply stated your opinion on the D-Lo Dean situation. This is your podcast, and you should be allowed to give your opinions and speak your mind. Please do not apologize. You should never have to apologize for sharing your opinion on your podcast, and I agree with you, Brianna. To the listeners, I think that you all should take a chill pill. It is okay to hear opinions that differ from your own. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brianna. This is a part of growing up. In fact, you should want to live in a world where you are surrounded by different opinions and different perspectives. A life would be boring if we were all living in an echo chamber. Ben and Ashley, I love this podcast because you share unfiltered conversations with us and you, and you do give us an insider's perspective on things. Please don't change. That's why I continue to listen. Love you guys, Brianna. Thank you, Brianna. Um, interviews aren't meant to just be sucking up to the other person. It's just like to get information and to get a different person's perspective and thoughts on a certain matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I definitely don't want to have a podcast. or I just don't want to live a life where I agree with everybody and everything. Um I don't think that helps us progress forward. I don't think it helps me as a person, and, and I don't think it helps out my relationships around me. But, um, again, I just go back to if somebody was hurt, and, and when somebody expresses to me that I have hurt them, uh, I don't want to look at them and say, no, I didn't. You know, that's not true. I said everything I should have said. I, I don't want to be that, that person. So so I say is that if you, if I hurt you by something I did, then I, then I need to take that in. I need to let that sink in. I need to see what I did wrong and hear what I did wrong and, and feel it because I don't want to live a life of hurting somebody either. So that's my lesson. You know, I'm getting new. I'm new to this thing. Like, I'm four months into this podcast. I, I'm not used to talking for a living. I'm used to talking a lot and talking <laughs> to anybody to listen, but I'm not used to talking for a living. And, and when, there's, when there's a controversial situation that's brought up, or there's a lot of questions that re listeners are sending into us about a topic that they're fired up about. Uh, I guess I need to get better at communicating the story and then asking those questions to not 
add my perspective and add my opinion, but to get the, the real, um, to get to, to the conclusion. And so um, I'm listening, I'm, I'm hearing all this stuff this week, and uh, I'm hearing the comments made that, uh, that you know, I should have stood up and, I, and, I, and I, I'm not the person I say I am, and, and those things really hurt. Um, but I'm, I'm, I guess I can only agree to try to get better. All right. We're going to move on now. Let's put this in the past. Um, today, we have our good friend Nick Vial on. He'll be in studio any minute now. And we also are opening the phones so that we can talk about anything you guys want, including last week's controversial interview. Um, call in at 833-BEN, B-E-N-N, and that is an N. Oh, you guys, let me not read the initials. It is 833-236-6274. But first, Ben, I know that you want to be able to see Nick as clearly as possible. Oh, Ashley. Uh, yeah, I do. And because and and, and, Nick's a beautiful human, um, great looking, um, better spoken. So let's see how he does in this podcast. But I want to talk to you about a sponsor of ours, Hubble. Um Hubble's been a po- uh, sponsor of this podcast for a few episodes now. Um, part of my experience with Hubble is this. So I grew up with glasses. Uh, I switched to contacts uh, at a young age and, and never looked back. Uh, honestly, the the idea of having something sitting on my face all the time isn't an idea I'm into. So I chose contacts. And here's what you got, okay? Are you tired of overpaying for uncomfortable contact lenses? Do you overwear your contact lenses to save money? Okay, I, I used to sleep in these contacts that I shouldn't have because I didn't want to take them out. Once you take them out, you got to throw them away, and they're expensive. So here's what Hubble does. What if I told you you get a fresh pair of lenses every single day for less? 60 contact lenses for only $30. Do the math. That's $1 per day. This is half the price of other brands. Go to HubbleContacts.com and get your first two weeks for free. Here's some additional points I want to talk about. They're quality daily lenses for half the price. Contacts are expensive. We all know it because four companies controlled 97% of the market. Well, until now. Hubble sells directly to you, so they can offer contacts for half the price. They can send you to an optometrist if you don't have a prescription today. Getting contacts has never been more convenient or affordable. No more overpaying or overwearing. If you're interested, and you should be, go to HubbleContacts.com to get your first two weeks of lenses for free. That's 15 pairs of lenses for free. You really can't beat this deal. Hubble is offering our listeners two weeks of free contacts. So go to HubbleContacts.com and get 2020 vision for half the price. That's Hubble, H-U-B-B-L-E, Contacts.com. Hey, Nick, thank you for joining the Almost Famous Podcast. You came in on the perfect day. Uh, I appreciate you stepping in here. I know um, that your life is incredibly busy. So please catch us up. What are you up to today? How are you doing? And how is life? Uh, Well, thank you, first of all, for having me, Ben. I wish you were here in the studio. And Ashley. And Ashley. Yes. I get to see you more than I get to see Ben. It's true. You know? Yeah. Um, is this a three-part question? Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> the first part of the question is, how you doing? You know, I'm hanging in. You know, I'm fine. You've been doing a lot of traveling. Oh, keeping tabs? Yeah, always. I mean, you're in, Den- um, you're, in da- you're in Dallas. I was in Dallas visiting a good friend of mine who recently moved there um, for work, and I haven't had a chance to see him. So I just went there and had a lonely guy's weekend. 
It's you, just the him and I. Aw, it was fun. You went to Charlene's wedding, and Chris Souls was there. Uh, I went to Charlene's wedding. It was lovely. I, I love very deeply both Charlene and her husband Andy, yeah. two of the greatest people um, ever. And uh, it was really great to uh, to be able to celebrate that ceremony with them. And it was a it was a lovely wedding. Nick, you, you've been obviously traveling a lot. We get that. So uh, I'm. I can relate with you in a lot of ways right now, right? So you're not talking to somebody that hasn't been there. But how are you? I mean, I know you say you're doing good, but outside of the relationship, because I know that's not always the most fun thing to talk about. And if you want to bring it up, that's great. If if not, just how are you holding up? Has it been a tough little season of life? Do you feel like it needed to happen? Um, coming out of this as a man, where are you at? Well, I mean, I don't know if I felt like it needed to happen, but, um, you know, uh, it kind of is what it is. Um yeah, I know you kind of, we talked kind of briefly uh, offline about uh, when, you know, both of us kind of uh, went through this experience. I mean, it's like never fun, right? I mean, I don't know. Being single kind of sucks. Um, but, uh, you know, what can you do? And so, you know, I've always been the internal optimist of, of, of pushing forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm fine. What can you do? I mean, I think that's the right way to look at it. It's not always the easiest way to look at it. I think I remember looking back and saying, kind of saying the same thing is, you know, this happened. If I wanted it to happen, if I didn't want it to happen, no matter what, it happened. And so now I look at life and I say, what is it from here on out? And there's nothing I can do but, but look forward. I can't look back because if I look back, it just kind of keeps me standing still. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think um... – Every relationship, I mean, everyone that, you know, outside of, of this uh, interesting world that we've all been a part of, um, you know, every relationship is, it can be, you know, has its, you know, obviously relationships can be great and lovely and, and amazing. And if they don't work out, um, you, you just kind of have to get through it. And I guess, um, you know, there's <clears throat> two, two great things that I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned to try to appreciate in life. And that is, um, having perspective, um, and, you know, understanding that, like, all things kind of are relative, you know, like, you know, when things happen to, you know, us, us as in indiv individuals, it feels like a big deal and it can be kind of self-indulgent. And um, I think the more you experience life, whether it's something that works out or it doesn't, you, you get greater perspective from it. And so I think that's all you can do is try to, to learn from each experience. And, um, I you know, I think in, in these times it's kind of very easy to, you know, get down on yourself or... Uh, let your insecurities kind of pop up and, and try to, uh, um, you know, get down on yourself. But you, you try to then reflect back on, you know, your experiences before and, and, and try to have some perspective about it. And um, the more experiences you have, and I've certainly had a few, um, you can, you know, try to use that to, to move forward and, um, you know, just go from there. I, I remember uh, during being in that same kind of time of life that you're sitting in right now, and you know, you get a lot of opinions, and uh, you you, you get a lot right. of accusations <laughs> on what happened or who failed and um, or, or what failed in it, and it you know it hurts. You know, anytime people express those like really deep seated, like they kind of bring out your insecurities, um, it stings, especially in a time where your heart is already like very raw and open and kind of broken. Um, and so I can I can do I can feel I can relate with you in that I guess, but one thing and I want to know if you feel the same way and and I don't want to speak for you but one thing I learned or I guess I've as I've looked back on it is as my heart was broken during that time and as I was very um, 
open emotionally, I learned so much more about myself. And so now I can look back and say, hey, yeah, this situation was not ideal uh, the way it turned out. It wasn't what I was hoping for, but I've learned so much more about myself coming out of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of what I just you know mentioned before, just and that's kind of getting you know getting that perspective, uh, you know, when you experience something, you know, whether it's good or bad, it's again, it's always important to reflect, and then hopefully you do learn something about yourself or just life or or situations. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of you know, obviously Ben, you know a lot about this, and you know, even Ashley, like whether it's you know you know, from a relation standpoint, obviously we've chosen to be a part of this world and we open ourselves up to, to criticism sometimes. I mean, I caught the tail end of your last segment and, hmm. you know, sometimes I get surprised with, with people who are so quick to, you know, share their thoughts, but unwilling to, to get criticism. Um, you know, and, and I think we have to accept that as people who have um, chosen to be a part of this and it's never fun. Um, you know, and, and uh, having said that, obviously, when you, it's a weird experience, um, you know, when you're, you're two people are, are, you know, kind of at their lowest and, and trying to make the right decisions for each other and as individuals to even have to consider, you know, what people might say or what people might assume. And um, we just kind of chosen to try to to keep that as private as possible, um, you know, um, which sometimes, you know, sucks because you know obviously if people will always assume certain things that they want or, or whatever but you know what are you gonna do um you know i'm always thankful for my time i, I have no regrets and um you know it, it was just one of those things that you know you you hoped it w worked out but you know i think when you get asked to to be the bachelor i mean i know when i got asked i mean my my first uh thought was i was kind of sick to my stomach because of the pressure of of, of working out and not working out okay. um you know, every every situation is different, um, but I'm sure every lead to a certain extent feels those emotions. You know, for myself, I, I was certainly self-aware of the fact that um, the number of attempts on this show <laughs> would be emphasized, um, you know, in, to the point where, you know, fourth time's a tar charm, and I kind of guessed <laughs> that would be some sort of theme, and, you know, it's something I had to accept, and so you don't you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the, the women who will get out of the limo and as great as they might be, you don't know if any of them will be compatible for you, if there will be any connections. And I think your greatest fear, um, is it not working out? And, you know, yeah. for me, that was a, a big, uh, fear of mine, a big weight on my shoulders and something that I really experienced, um, all the way through. And, you know, I don't, for those who may or may not remember, you know, my season, you know, I, my first one-on-one -on -one date with Vanessa was, you know, I got emotional really early. It was kind of like, oh, why is he getting emotional? And then for me, it was, you know, obviously I had such a great day with Vanessa that day, but I finally uh, felt a lot of relief in that moment that it could work out. And, you know, whether it was, you know, Vanessa and I had a pretty good idea that it might be at that point because I had such a great day. Um, you know, you just feel that huge relief. And so, um you still don't know. And obviously there's a lot that come even after the show's done, done filming as, as we all know. And yeah, I'm, I'll always be very incredibly envious for those who have um, been a part of this world and, and been able to have uh, a successful relationship. I'm very, very envious of those people. Um, and um, you know, unfortunately I, I wasn't one of them and what are you gonna do? 
And I mean, you said it best, like that is a huge fear. I remember thinking the same thing as it started. And I remember on my, on my first one-on-one day with Lauren, that emotion did come over me as well is, uh, I remember when, when I used to tell people when I first knew that, you know, she was somebody special. Um, it is a relief because you're, I remember being so nervous as, as those limos pulled up that everybody was going to be crazy. And then I was going to be stuck at the end of this questioning myself even more. Um, so we, we, I think, I mean, I'm grateful for the experience I had and, and for the, for the people that I met during it. I, I want to ask you, um, are you, do you ever regret do, not regret? Cause I know you, you are somebody that doesn't regret a lot and, and you learn from a lot. Um, are you happy that you did the bachelor? Um, I mean, if I have to get a yes or no answer, uh, of course, yeah, I'm happy. Um, I don't particularly, I mean, love those types of questions because there's so many variables that go into it, but I am not, I'm not someone who, who is ever going to regret anything I do because I, I am someone who's such a big believer in perspective. Um, and you only get perspective through experiencing life. And that doesn't mean all those experiences end up being the outcome that you want. Um, and obviously this experience has given me a lot of perspective and taught me about myself. That's not to say that it hasn't, um, you know, like at this point in my life, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, you know, and certainly not, ex- I didn't necessarily expect to be in the position that I am, you know, from a, like from a personal standpoint, relationship wise, but I also still have a lot to be thankful for. And, and, and I am very thankful for what I've gained from it. And I've gained uh, certainly still a lot of great relationships with friends and, I still um, was able to have uh, some incredible experiences and memories with with Vanessa that I'll always cherish. Um, But it's not to say that I don't have like, you know, insecurities and and kind of things that where do I go from here in my life? And, uh, you know, the show itself, I think, can kind of leave you sometimes a little scarred in terms of, uh, you know, you know, from a dating standpoint, I don't know if you guys are talking like, what are you, some of your biggest insecurities about dating? Are we all single? I was yeah. just going to say, um, um, yeah. I remember when Lauren and Ben broke up and he was talking about how daunting just jumping back into dating would be. And the fact that like all three of us, terrifying. right. All of us are just like such lovers. Like we're not somebody who's like, eh, if we don't get married, not a big deal. Like all of us like want to be with someone, you know, we are romantics. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I got older, uh, you know, growing up in my early 20s and like having the parents that I had and right. who know, got married them. in early 20s and, you know, uh, I always wanted to emulate that. As I got older and, and you know, I hadn't settled down yet, I, I learned the value of trying to appreciate where I was in life. So if I was in a relationship, great. If I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to jump in a relationship just to have someone to chill with on Sundays, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, Um and I think there's a lot of value in being comfortable with being with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think you really can give yourself fully to someone unless you're you're comfortable with being alone, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, but at, at this point, you know, um, you know, having all said that, it would have been nice to, to have someone um, in my life that, you know, I can, that I know there's a future with, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and yeah, I think coming out of this world, uh, you know, I don't know how, how Ben feels about this, but, um, you kind of don't know what, what it's like to, I mean, I'm nowhere close to dating at this point, no, of but course you, not. you, you don't know what that looks like. Right. Um, it's just weird when you think like, Oh, I, in my mind, I was going to be with this person forever. And now all those like sort of fantasies are crushed and now I have to start all over again in this process. Yeah, I mean, there's that. That's the obvious one. There's, I mean, like, uh, I'll, 
I, I suppose when it comes to, for me, if I'm being totally, you know, candid for you guys, friends of show, um, <laughs> I, I, I suppose my greatest insecurity when it comes to dating is, you know, it's not the ability to like meet women or, or you know, and I'm, there's a lot of wonderful, beautiful, great women out there. Um, it's just my, I think my biggest insecurity is uh, that the, the women or say a woman that I might find myself to be interested in, I'll have the insecurity that I won't get the opportunity um, to get to know them mm -hmm. out of fear of kind of being prejudged about my experiences. I've been so willing to kind of put out there over the past few years. Like I've never doubted my confidence and my ability if I get an opportunity to, to talk to someone and have them get to know me. But my fear is insecurity is that, um, I might be prejudged about, you know, like, oh, here's this guy who's like, dude, you, how many times you go on this show? And how, like, you know, it's the perception that I might have a lot of baggage or something like that. And I don't personally think I do. I mean, it's not to say I don't have things, but like, I, I guess I just have some insecurities that I feel like the person I'll be interested in might not be interested in me, whoever that is. I don't know. Um, and how will I be able to overcome that? Or will I even get the opportunity? Um, you know, and so I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, that's very honest. And I think for me, I sort of relate. I think we've talked about this in the podcast before because the whole like virginity topic is out there. I feel like I won't get to know certain people that I want to get to know because they won't consider me an option because of that, that thing. Still, like come a long way. You're still a virgin? Shut I don't haven't asked you in a while. <laughs> I'm not. That's a serious question. I don't know. I don't, I don't keep tabs like, every day. I saw day. you literally like, well, I guess it was like five weeks ago, which is actually insane. But despite that, I don't ask you about your sexual life <laughs> every time we hang out. Probably ask me five um, <laughs> Although I feel like... You'll if, be one of the first people to know. I feel like if it ever happens, I'll, it'll probably just be obvious. You well, think I'll just allude yeah, it? Yeah, it'll be like that 500 days of summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the world will stop for a little bit. It'll be beautiful. Oh, my be gosh. She'll just be this badass boss lady. Just... <laughs> Have um, so Nick, much newly developed swag. I, I want you to answer this as you feel comfortable. Um, but can you talk to us a little bit, and even to try to relate with the listeners out there for people who have gone through breakups, what happened and, and how do you handle a breakup well moving on, moving forward? Well, I mean, as far as what happened, I'm going to keep that um, between, you know, Vanessa and I just respect for her. Um, you know what, you know, all I can say is kind of what's already been out there is that, and I'm, you know, I know Ben, you and I have had this conversation is that, um, I think the most heartbreaking thing about it, I think that we both feel is just knowing how much we both really tried, um, and the efforts we put into it. And, um, I think it's easy to ask yourself a lot of questions about certain things and just maybe accepting that, um, it, it just wasn't going to work. Um, yeah. but I know we both really tried and that's sometimes is heartbreaking in it, in it, in it of itself, uh, as to have so much love and, and, and respect for each other, um, and just unable to find that, you know, that, uh, that, uh, whatever you want to call it, that ability to just, um, make it work. And so, um, you know, where, where you go from here, um, you know, you just keep going. You just wake up, get out of bed, you know. Oh, I know that feeling. It's the worst feeling. Like, that waking up after, like, heartbreak. Isn't the waking up part the worst? Right? I mean, uh, those those emotions when you get, like, when, you know, 
like that anxiety you feel. Yeah. And then like you, sometimes you go to bed out of pure exhaustion. Yeah. And you wake up and your body just fills up with anxiety. It legit fills up overnight and then you get through the day, but then you wake up again and you just have to let it drain out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I've, I've, I think the important thing for me is I just try to, um, I, I, I get anxiety all the time. And, and I'm not even talking about like, you know, when a relationship ends, but um, I mean, I get it like all the time. Uh, most of the time um and so i but i do find sometimes that when uh, i'm most uh, feeling the most anxiety um i kind of try to, i realize that sometimes i'm focusing too much on myself i think which we all can do to a certain ex- and it's not that like i'm trying to be selfish or whatever i'm just like i think it's very easy to like you know there's a balance between being self reflective and just constantly thinking about yourself like mm-hmm. where am i in my life like how when, if I, am i going to meet someone else you know all those things that you think about when you say for example end a relationship or you know maybe it's your job or day to day um and it's very easy to like you know whether you're maybe you're someone who might be struggling with money or finances or whatever it is that you know through life i always find that when i have the most anxiety i'm i'm thinking about all these things or i'm worrying and i try to balance that with not thinking about myself so i try to like Mm-hmm. you know, ask more questions of people, you know, my family, check in, maybe it's, you know, whether it's a volunteering thing or whether it's just um, not thinking about you, you know, because sometimes you just need to get out of your own head, uh, which I struggle with sometimes. And when I do that, I, I find that I have a, a little less anxiety. Um, and I think that's important sometimes for me right now is it's just things are going to happen, you know, and no matter, no amount of, of worrying about it is really going to change anything. Um, and so it's, it's one thing to be self-aware. It's another thing to let your insecurities uh, kind of cripple you and have you fill up anxiety every day. And so, um, those things I've, I've learned over time and it's still hard to implement, but I, I try to on a daily basis. It's, uh, it's crazy. Nick, listening to you, man, you, you've always been, yeah, and I, I don't just mean this to pump you up a bit, but uh, you have been a man that is so thoughtful, and you are very self, you know, self-aware. Yeah. So you you do get into your own head a lot. You live in your own head a lot, and that allows you then to communicate your thoughts very easily and and clearly. And I'm listening to you, and I'm like, oh man, that's exactly how I felt. Or oh, he's speaking. You know, I just want to be like, I can relate. I can relate. I felt that way. I felt that way. I've been there uh, through as you talk. Um, and, but the truth of it is, it's just not ideal. And uh, you do have to move forward. And, and I think as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm like just getting – just thinking back on my experience through this. And, and one of the hardest parts, and I don't know if you felt this way at all, is um, you live in this world right after the show and during the show with somebody that you really care about and that you fall in love with. And you have some of the best memories that you know you'll probably have for the rest of your life. You, live, you do some of the coolest experiences. You meet some of the best people with this person by your side. And then that ends. And then life is kind of wide open, and you no longer have that person by your side, and you're doing all these experiences now alone and without somebody there to share them with and without somebody there to build a life with. And and for me personally, that's the moments my insecurities really started to, to rise because I thought once again, hey, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this. Like i got to get really comfortable being alone because this is my life. This is, this is, this is who I'm going to be. Um, and it sounds like you're at a place right now where I guess what I'm trying to get to is are you moving forward or are you still just trying to figure it out? Uh, I guess neither. Uh, I mean, always forward, I suppose. I mean, I'm always going to try to move forward. But like right now I'm just kind of at a point in my life where, um, you know, it's still relatively recent. So I'm not trying to force it. Right. Yeah. Um, I just, 
you just kind of have to let it happen. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not. I've spent like to your when we started. Open, I've spent a lot of my time recently. Like, you know, I went home to Chicago to do my fantasy football draft with my hometown friends. Then I went back to Milwaukee and hung out with my family. Then I. Uh, came back here for a little bit. Then I went to uh, New York for a wedding and, and saw some friends there. And, and then I went to Dallas to just visit a buddy, right? And so it's been a lot of that. Um, I, I've gone out um, to the, you know, to the bars or whatever a, a few times in, in those moments. And that's a struggle um, just because, you know, it's, uh, you don't know how to, for me, I guess I suppose I don't know how to handle myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I don't know how you felt, Ben, but, Sometimes there's a level of paranoia um, of, you know, everyone's got a camera phone. You just kind of want to hang out with your friends. But, you know, obviously some people might ask to take a picture. So you want to be polite, but you you don't want to give off the you don't want to give the wrong impression. Um, and so sometimes um, I get in, you know, I've gotten anxiety about that. So I've just tried to lay low a little bit, you know, so I haven't really got to the moment. I haven't experienced a ton of things. I mean, you know, obviously going to the wedding um, was, you know weird in a, in a sense because I went yeah. by myself but it was also I, I was so happy for Charlene and Andy um, and just so excited about their relationship that um, I saw a lot of fun and again talking about um, you know what helps is like you know that particular day it would have been easy for me to been like oh well, I'm at a wedding by myself I, yeah um, that sucks <laughs> <laughs> I was just more excited for Andy and Charlene uh, and and focused on why I was there, and it, that day wasn't about me; it was about them. And you know that helped, and I had a lot of fun just being uh, able to share that experience with them. And so it's just little things like that 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 help me uh, deal with some of those things. Um, but yeah, sure, certainly, like as you go out, there's always going to be moments where it's just like, well, that would have been really nice um, to share this with someone. But um, you know what what can you do? I think we you take everyone who goes in this world takes a risk obviously if, if you're the the bat the, the bachelor the bachelorette it's a little bit bigger of a risk in, in terms of how much you commit to the possibility of really trying to find that person and being so emotionally open and, and willing to take a huge leap of faith um and you know that's uh, not fun to try to accept that it didn't work out and that's like what i said before it's just like um some I get very jealous and envious sometimes when I you know so social media when you see all the couples who um, who have been lucky enough to to have it work out um, mm-hmm. you know and so there's always going to be criticisms about like you know why you did it or if you did really tried or if you took it seriously that's something I take very personal in terms of you know but I, I you can't react I mean you always see comments sometimes even from people in the franchise. Um, who have been lucky enough for it to work. It's sometimes disappointing to um, sometimes imply um, because they've been so lucky they might um, be more sincere, but, you know, what can you do? Um, you know, like, for example, I don't, I knew a little bit about your relationship with, with Lauren Ben, and again, and we talked about this, the one thing I always knew from you is that how much you focus on that relation, how much you tried. Did you guys make every decision that was right for the relationship? I don't know. You know, no one ever does. But sometimes it's a little, it hurts a little bit or sometimes a little frustrating for sometimes you know, people to make those comments. But what, what can you do? Um, I, Vanessa and I both know how hard we, we worked on our relationship and how much we focused on it and, and how much we, we still mean to each other. Um, and I think those are the things that we really focus on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. It's it's crazy how 
<clears throat> I was, you know, when I was with Lauren, I was almost like this invincible force. People could say whatever and the heck they wanted to say about me. And, and I would just, you know, continue to plug forward and it never really sat in. I don't know, it was this weird transition for me. So I, when I was with her in a relationship, it was kind of like people could just spout negativity. They could give criticisms. They could say whatever they thought about me of being the bachelor. Or, you know, they should have picked this guy or whatever, whatever they wanted to say that was, was negative. And I just kept moving forward because life was good. And then as soon as that breakup happened, the, the, the comments really and the criticisms really started to sink in and sink in deep and they and they still do they still have a huge effect on me and and i'm not quite to that place where i can just push those off yet i don't know if i ever will be now um you don't think so i, I don't know maybe you know like you said nick i mean i can't predict the future and, and it's one step at a time and that's the best thing i can do i'm a lot better today than i i was maybe a, a two months ago um i'm a lot happier today than i was two months ago but it's still it's still difficult and i still feel raw and there's still a lot of emotion and and i guess because ashley and i are kind of coming off of a a time in our life where we've gotten some criticism here recently i want to ask you how have you dealt with the criticism not only from the franchise and being the bachelor but now post relationship and just in life like how do you view that well i mean not to be generic but i've gotten really good at not reading stuff um just being on the show right we the the show's been around long enough um, and you have social media that at this point, if you go on the show, you're going to get criticism, you know, like even if like even the great Ben Higgins on, you know, on Caitlin season, who was an overwhelming fan favorite, you still got criticism, you know, like it's no one is ever not going to get, some people get more than others. Like my season of Andy's, I got a ton of criticism. Um, I just get surprised when, when, you know, and obviously I won't indulge in it. And like, there's obviously always going to be a lot of behind the scenes about what happened or what didn't happen. I mean, I always kind of get a kick out of some of the things that I, I read um, and the perceptions of like decisions I made, um, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. You know. When it comes to criticism, I think the overwhelming important things is, and I'm sure you guys all know is, um, the people who are in your inner, inner circle, whether that's your, friends or your loved ones or, or whatever those are the people whose opinions who, who matter and the people who really know you and if certainly if if you get if i get criticized from my friends or my family and they're like hey nick we kind of think you've been an asshole i'm going to listen to that right because those are the people who know me best who who give me feedback but everything else um you just have to try not to to let it bother you but i get what you're saying ben i mean it's it's one thing to know that it's another thing to once in a while uh, indulge in um, what's out there and then you read something and it just for whatever reason just like eats you up you know it's like yeah. like why you know like it's been like a half a day and be like but it's not true like you know uh, but what are you gonna do and again back to you know dealing with like insecurity and anxiety is to just try not to indulge in it you know and, and instead of you never can convince other people. And I think I just, um, uh, you always, you just try to focus on the things that's most important, I suppose. Um, and, uh, and wondering if, uh, if, like, you know, like if you're going to have an insecurity or they're going to say something like, you know, maybe just admit that it's an insecurity, you know, like sometimes I think the things that bother us the most are the things that, you know, deep down that kind of bother us about ourselves. And then we hear someone else say it and then you're like, you're like really mad about it. And you're like, deep down, you're like, Oh, I kind of, that does bother me about me, you know, but like people are pointing it out. Um, so maybe just admit it and just kind of deal with it. Um, instead of like, you know, going on social media and yelling at the internet and 
criticizing other people? I would say that'd be, I'd, I'd say, you know, that's one of the worst ways to handle it is, is using social media as your platform um, to criticize. Uh, you know, you can, you could read a picture I post today and there's going to be, you know, a hundred really great comments to one really negative comment. That one little negative comment might stand out to me. Yeah. So I'm taking your advice. Um, I'm going to commit for the next week not to read anything uh, because it never goes well for me. Uh, you know, Nick, before we take callers here, because I want to keep you on to take some callers, I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, you and I are both, uh, sorry to tell you, and I know it still stings, you and I are both now single men. And there's one thing that every single man needs. We need help. We need a lot of help. And I have just a solution for us, okay? Last night, I started using Blue Apron for the very first time. I'm not kidding you. Blue Apron is amazing, Nick. You can cook dinners that show up literally to your front door. You pull out the ingredients, you lay them on your table. There's a whole list of things you need to check off. There's things you need to do to get the perfect dinner started. So I want to tell you, Nick, about Blue Apron. So hopefully yourself and everybody out there will purchase this because I'm telling you it's worth it. Here we go. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. I'd like to consider myself a home chef. Blue Apron has established partnerships with 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnerships with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. Produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. I'm telling you all this because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, and as a result, they are reducing waste. What did you make, Ben? Uh, well, Amy, I'd like to tell you, uh, <laughs> each serving is for about two or three people. So last night I made steak with a side of kale, potatoes, and mushrooms. And did you have leftovers because you are alone? <laughs> wow, Amy. Thank you. And I did not have leftovers <laughs> because what I've chosen to do with my life right now is to fill that void of having nobody there by eating as much food as possible. <laughs> I'm telling you, Blue Apron brings people together. Right now, I'm just trying to bring myself together. So... This is going to hurt to read a little bit. But cooking together builds strong family bonds, of which I have none right now. Research shows that Blue Apron's families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot at restaurants or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Finally, check out this week's menu and get the, your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash almostfamous. Make sure you use that. So go to blueapron.com slash almostfamous. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, with your family, friends, or alone. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash almostfamous. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Nick, that interview was probably one of my top three interviews we've done over the past four months. You're just beautifully vulnerable and honest. And you're so insightful. And all of that that just happened over like the past 20 minutes made me just, re it reminded me how much I love you and how much I appreciate you being such a close friend in my life. Oh, I, I feel too. really mushy towards you right now. Uh -huh. So It is know. kind of a, a mushy podcast. Um, is it always it is. like this or just this particular <laughs> no, one? No, this, this one's one. particularly mushy. We went from being, quote, harsh to now being mushy. 
This is the perfect podcast to follow last week. I'm going to have to go back week. and listen to this harsh one. I, I, I walked in, and you guys are all like, I'm sorry. I don't, what are you guys sorry for? <laughs> well, we definitely like your feedback on that. Um, you guys know from last season, Paradise 3, Nick was kind of like my love guru. He has great guy advice for me. He always like kicks me in the ass and like tries to kick me out of my fantasy land, which I like to stay in. But uh, if well, you, you have know, any... Those who can't teach, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. But you know men. You do know men. Um, so I just tweeted out if you guys have any good... Um, if you have any questions about current relationships you're in or need any guy advice, you can ask Nick those types of questions. And um, in addition, of course, stuff about The Bachelor. So we're going to start taking some callers now. I see Ellen from Alabama. She needs some advice. Let's get her on the line. Hello? Ellen, hi. You're here with Ben, Nick, and me. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, my this God. This is my dream come true. Hello? <laughs> hey, I see you need some advice. It's about a I guy? Do. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I said something. I'm on my way out. Sorry. I'm clumsy. Anyways, okay, so wait, who is here? It's Nick, Ben, and Ashley I. Like Nick, I cannot pronounce his last name. What's Vial. his last name? Vial. I love you. I love all of y'all. Yeah. Okay, so Thank I you. have some relationship advice. That's horrible. <laughs> or not horrible. Okay, so I'm talking to this guy. Okay. Uh huh. So I'm like really nervous. I don't know why I'm so Do nervous. Do not. Don't be nervous. Do not be nervous. Okay. Anyways, so I'm talking to the guy, and we've been talking for like a month and a half. And so um, he what was like, "Hey, I'm talking? about some friends." Huh? What's, what's talking mean? Like, I don't know, actually. You don't like know? Like, hanging out, not dating. Okay. We're not dating. Okay, so it's not just texting. You're seeing him in real life. You're having phone calls. Yes. Have okay. you known him for a while? Is he, like, a friend, or you just casually met? We met at Bible study. Oh, okay, great. That's, like, a great place to meet someone. It really is. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so we were, like, texting, talking, like, whatever. And he was like, hey, I'm going to go out with some friends tomorrow. I was like, okay, cool. Who's going to be there? Just, like, wondering randomly. He was like, just a bunch of guys that are going out, some friends from, like, high school. I was like, okay, cool. So I was on Snapchat last night. I saw on Snapchat that there are a bunch of random girls there, too, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I confront them about it? Because they may have just randomly came over with some other random guys. So you were talking or texting with this guy. Yeah. Something came up. He's like, "Oh, I'm having some guys over." Yeah. Didn't invite you. And no, then, it's a guys night. Cause, yeah, he's I like, "I'm having a guys yet, night." There's yeah. a bunch of girls. And then girls showed up. Okay. And then so your question is, do you I confront him about it or just like let it go? Not if you're just talking. Yeah. I mean, are you no, at the I point don't. in your relationship where you? I mean. I like them. Yeah. I, I mean, do. I don't know. I mean, I guess. You know, we weren't there, right? I think you just, this is one of those situations you have to trust your gut, right? I mean, yeah. do you feel like, I mean, the red flag for me would be, it's you're not dating him, so right, he can, he's allowed to hang out with other women, right? But yeah, of for course. me, it's but just I mean, like, do you want to get in a relationship with someone who isn't direct, right? And so yeah. the question is, is, did he just say I'm hanging out with my friends? Did he unnecessarily lie to you about something that was kind of stupid? You know, like he is allowed to hang out with other people, but if he like made a big deal about having a guys' night and then, um, then maybe he's someone who, girl who there who isn't direct. Now at, at the same time, he also put on a Snapchat, so he also wasn't hiding anything, um, yeah, per se, or or just he's not very but, bright. There's that possibility. Because uh, I never actually, I actually never looked at Snapchat, and I, I just looked at it last night because I was bored. Well, instead of confronting then, him, why don't you just talk to him about it? 
Like, ask them. Like, but not in a yeah. confronting way. I wouldn't be like, so who are those girls? I'd just be like, oh, so like, what'd you end up doing last night? And see what he says. Like, don't bring up Snapchat. Just kind of be like, oh, yeah. yeah, like I was hanging with my guy friends and then like so-and-so had a bunch of women over. But see if he like, just see if he brings it up. And if he says some well, weird things, you know. It does then, make sense. Yeah. I just I freak out all the time about nothing, so. Yeah, we all do. You know, it's normal. We all do. All right. Thank you for calling, Ellen. Yeah, thanks for answering my question or helping me with my advice. Hey, no problem. All right. Nicole from Salem, Oregon. Hey, Nicole. Oh, my gosh. Is Hello. this Ashley? It is. Oh, my gosh. I told myself, okay, if I ever call, I'm not going to fangirl. I'm just going to play it cool, but I just love you so much. But I'm the ultimate fangirl. So okay, okay. You shouldn't feel true. weird about that. <laughs> that's true. Are you with Nick and Ben? Yes. The Bachelor oh Boys. My, my favorite, How you doing? Too. I'm not just saying that. Hey. My yeah. favorite, too, too. Um, so we okay, hear that you so... just went through a breakup. Yeah, and I heard you guys are giving out free boy advice. Yes. <laughs> hey, wait, is it free? Perfect. We're not charging? I'm, <laughs> well, I'm getting paid for this. I don't know if you are, Nick. I'm definitely not. <laughs> okay, so I just went through a breakup about a week and a half ago. Oh, we're sorry. And How long did you guys date for? Like two years. Okay. That sucks. So um, I guess my question for you right now, like it's obviously hard and it's always going to be hard. Breakups are hard no matter what. I guess my question for you guys is how do you know if you made the right decision because it is so hard at first? How do you know that your feelings aren't there because you made a mistake? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you know if, if you did the right thing or not? I don't know. Because I feel like after a breakup, you kind of forget all the little things that added up to why you broke up and you're just kind of focusing on, because I just keep on going back to all of our memories and the great times we had together. Mm -hmm. and. How do you like not second guess yourself? I guess that's this is a. Uh, I guess I'll start because I think Nick's going to offer a lot better advice here than I can. Um, you, you ask a great question, and I mean that. Like this is a tremendous question, one that I I've asked my friends and I've asked my family, and I don't think I've received a great answer for it yet. So I'd love for Nick to be able mm -hmm. to, to give us that. Um, the one thing I'll tell you is, you know, I've, I've, I can relate. I can identify with you because you do after a breakup, um, no matter who breaks up with who, uh, you only remember the really great things, I feel like. And you mm -hmm. have to really work to remember the things that, like, really started to separate the relationship, um, yeah. which I was at first really angry about because I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, this was the perfect relationship. This was great. Everything was gr just grand. And yeah. then I start to sit down and I start to think about the things that really started to separate us. I'm like, okay, there was huge issues. There were, there were huge things that mm -hmm. needed to be solved or maybe they weren't solvable. And I guess now that my relationships, I guess I'm single, so I have a, a couple relationships that are now done, I would rather look back on the relationship um, in, in admiration and with uh, gladness mm -hmm. than I would with anger and resentment. And so because it's done – I guess I'm happy, even though it still hurts and it makes it more confusing. I'm happy I view the relationship in a positive way um, because yeah. the, the, uh, the opposite of that would, would be harder. And so with that, I'm going to pass it to Nick because, honestly, I'm going to listen really carefully. I don't have any words of advice for you, and I'm sorry on the other thing. It's okay. It's a hard question. It's a hard subject. You're setting me up for failure, Ben. <laughs> um, hi, how are you? I'm sorry about your recent breakup. Um well, I don't know if I have good advice, but I think, and Ben kind of alluded to something I agree with. I just think, 
I think it's important to remember in a relationship, and something I try to do, um, is that every relationship that fails that you have, like it doesn't mean necessarily it was a failure. And um, right. I, I, I hope that, like, listen, you should feel lucky that uh, in, a, in a way that being breaking up with someone isn't easy because that means you really love someone and you really cared about them. And even mm-hmm. though it didn't work out, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the alternative is not giving a shit. Um, and that would sure. probably really <laughs> suck to think that you spent two years with your life with someone that ultimately when it ended, you didn't care. Um, yeah. So I just think it's really important to remember that um, and be thankful that you really loved this person. And even though it didn't work out, it's it's actually quite normal to think that. And actually, it's good and it's okay. And so don't, don't beat yourself up. But like to Ben's point, yeah. you know, when you once you can accept that and just be okay with it, you do follow your gut. It's, it is important to remember why you broke up, right? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. It doesn't make the other person not a good person. It just means that, you know, ultimately, you know, I think we're all in agreement that we're just hoping to find that one person that we're lucky enough to be able to spend the rest of our lives with someone who you feel like understands you and, and not only can mm-hmm. like be there now, but like be there, you know, for you, like when you're old and ugly. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's for hard. For all the right reasons, yeah, right? It's, it's hard to find. So, you know, you should, you know, um, have I expectations of your partnering yourself and, and, and he should have that too. And, um, um yeah, just, uh, that's okay. And, and focus it, but just, I might, I don't have an advice, but only just to accept that it's, it's actually normal to think that. And instead of having it second guess yourself, be thankful that you, you were in a relationship where you cared so deeply about the guy that it wasn't easy to, to walk away. Yeah. That's Nick- a good point of view to have. And I, yeah, no, I definitely get that. And every time I get sad, I just like keep on going back to those times. Like, Hey, remember when he did this to you? And then I just get like mad all over again. But I think that's just how I'm coping with being sad right now. That's normal. Don't don't beat yourself up. It's pretty early. I mean, what do they they say? Like if you're with someone, it's supposed to be half the amount of time you were with someone. That's a little long. Like, I don't think you should pine on this guy for a year. Um, But, you know, (laughs) let it, I hope not. Let yourself grieve. You know, you'll be fine. And Nicole, I wish I could give some insight, but I've only broken up with people who weren't actually my boyfriend. So, <laughs> so thank you for your call. We're going to move on. We are going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, FabFitFun. You guys love FabFitFun because it sends you the latest in beauty, fashion, fitness, and wellness every single season. All the products are full size and you pay $49.99 each season, but they guarantee you a box that has at least $200 in value. So here are just some of the products you're going to get in the fall box, which by the way, I have insider noticed they're going to like run out any day now. So you have to order your your fall box right now. Um, All the customers will receive the following a matte color and shiny lip balm crayon that's worth $28, a party gym bag. I've seen this gym bag all over the Bachelor Girls Instagrams, and it looks really good. It could also, of course, be used as like a carry-on bag on a plane and just like an overnight bag, and it is worth $59. Then there's also this cute wire heart ceramic jewelry holder that's worth $33, a mud mask. This mud mask must be great because it's worth $48, but you're going to get all of this for less than $49.99 when you use our code ALMOSTFAMOUS. And don't forget, you're getting a box worth of $200 worth of merchandise for less than $50. It's the best deal out there. And you get this amazing box four times a year. You're going to find something in this box each quarter that you're going to use probably for the rest of your life. And you're just going to continue to buy it. It is just a gold mine of finds. 
So head over to FabFitFun, plug in Almost Famous, and get your box for like $39.99. Like, what is that? It's a steal. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Caitlin. Caitlin, you have a question for the boys. I do. All right. Hi. What is it? Um, So my question is for Nick and Ben. And I was wondering, you know, you go through this process um, being on The Bachelor and you really get to know all these women very well. um, Or, you know, so you think. And my question was, um, after the show airs, does your opinion or did your opinion of any of the women on your seasons um, change at all? Hmm. Good question, Nick. (laughs) <laughs> uh no um not really, really. No. yeah not really um i like to think that i mean listen I, I i didn't presume to know uh a lot of the women who i sent home relatively quickly um i, I you know like the women who went home night one i don't i didn't get to know them so i didn't form an opinion one way or the other. I wasn't going to judge them, you know, not having the opportunity to get to know them. And same kind of goes for, for some of those uh, women that went home in the first couple of weeks. Um, I didn't have this idea that any of these women were perfect, nor am I perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but I wasn't like overly shocked by like, I did not like, this is a totally different person than I thought. Like I never had that thought, you know, like, <laughs> Um, My interpretation of your season, though, was that you were just set on it being Vanessa. You knew it was going to be Vanessa, so like you just had to stick with protocol and go on dates with other people, and you didn't invest much in them. And you probably didn't like them much, but you were like, "I got to do this anyway." I would totally disagree with that. You w- you would not totally disagree. I would totally disagree. Oh, I mean, really? Listen, I, oh, you know, I my, there's no there's no big secret that I had a very early connection with Vanessa, and um, I don't know how what Ben's thought because I know he had a very early connection with with Lauren. But um, there's one there's a difference between thinking I really think this could be the one, mm-hmm. and, and this whole time thinking this might be the one, but knowing that you are still like in week two, mm-hmm. right? And to your point, you still have to go on dates, and it behooves yourself to like still remain open, mm-hmm. right? Because even though I had a, like an amazing date with Vanessa, like you never know, things could have changed. You know, um, things only got better. But like you have to be open. You know, and so I guess what I disagree with what you said is that I was still very important for me uh, to get to know these women as much as I could within the time limits that I had. So like I really was, you know, trying to like learn about Rachel and Raven and and you know obviously the women who who went really far. And I do feel like. I really got to know them and, and you know, um, really cared for them, uh, you know, as much as I could in, in the relationship. But, like, obviously Vanessa's always got stronger and stronger and kind of always in the back of my mind, you kind of felt like she could be the one. But mm-hmm. it was never – certainly I disagree with the point where, like, I made a decision week two that it was going to be Vanessa and why even bother giving these women the time of day. I, I disagree with that. And to that point, that's why I don't think that there were none of the women that, like, wildly surprised me you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying part of it yeah. was not forming a strong opinion about some of these women that i didn't get to re- a chance to really get to know okay does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. And i like, you know you know that my problem if i were ever the bachelorette would be that i would be like you you now i have to date all these guys and be grossed out by them along the way i mean listen like <laughs> you again i had a strong uh, conviction that it could be vanessa mm-hmm. but i challenged myself to remain open mm-hmm. right right and, and so 
uh, I owed it to the other women to to do that, and and myself, right? The, the more I challenged the relationship, you know, the, the more I challenged my relationship with Vanessa, the stronger it got in that world. And I was thankful that I wasn't just like dead set on it being Vanessa from mm-hmm. early on. I think Ben did that too, right? Yeah, Ben did do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with what Nick was saying. Is you obviously feel something different early on, but then you, you still are going through a process. And one of the beautiful things about The Bachelor is you do have the opportunity to stay open until the very end. And at the very end, uh, my hope was that I, I stayed open so long that when I was down on one knee, I was so confident because I took the time to invest in everybody else. Um, and then I, I, at the end, knew that the person I was proposing to was the right person for me. Um, so, you know, as hard as it is sometimes, because you do kind of at some point feel like you're almost like cheating on the person that you care so much about, um, it is important uh, in this process and in this format that you're agreeing to participate in to stay open. I, I think I learned a lot about the, the women on my season post-show. Uh, I agree with Nick, right? I never thought they were perfect. And actually, a lot of the things I learned were positive things because I, I had such a short time period to get to know these women. A lot of our conversations were deep and heavy. Uh, and a lot of our moments were, uh, you know, with tears or they were coming from a place of jealousy or I was coming from a place of anxiety. So after the show, when everybody was able to relax, I saw more personality come out of a lot of these women. And I, I appreciated that. Now, there was also some things that I learned about some of the women that um, I didn't think would happen. I, there are some women that are very critical of um, themselves or other people on the show or myself, and I didn't expect some of the women to be that way. So for me, I felt like there's about six to eight women on uh, my season of The Bachelor that I really got to know. The others, um, I was still getting to know when they got uh, asked to go home. And so there was a lot of room for me to learn a lot. And so, yeah, you, you, as a bachelor, you learn a lot along the way, and you learn a lot post-show. But I think Nick's right. Um, you kind of go when, – when you send a lot of these women home, you come out of it going, yeah, you know what, hopefully I get to know you afterwards. But right now I just – I'm saying goodbye to the things that, I, you know, I don't know a lot about. Yeah, I mean – and I think part of it too is, like Ben said, some of the things um, that you learn because maybe the, some of the things they say or, or did post-show. Um, I've been a part of this world long enough to, like – there's a level of um, this world is very strong, as we know, and it kind of plays with our most basic um, insecurities. And, you know, with social media interviews, it's almost sometimes predictable how people react sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you try to give people the benefit of the doubt because it does play in your insecurities. And oftentimes people will say things about other people or maybe even you, you know, like you just sent someone home and you know, why did they send me home and they pick so-and-so? And so, like, I think some of those reactions that people say or do for the first time kind of being in the public eye, um, well, sometimes it frustrates you. Um, and you're like, well, I didn't think they were that type of person. You also, like, kind of recognize uh, it's the nature of the business. Like, every season it kind of happens. And, like, next season, you know, a lot of the girls who go home that already sends home early will – sometimes be the most vocal about like the behind the scenes and, right. and have their opinions when they may not really actually know, but they're just trying to be a part of experience and feel like they got to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it happens almost every season and you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Watch for mm-hmm. it. It'll happen this season. I guarantee it with every... the, uh, the women that get off of Ari's, uh, 
Ari's show. So with that, uh, we're going to say goodbye to our good buddy, Nick, who has answered these questions eloquently and sophisticatedly and with wisdom. Nick, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on uh, uh, this podcast and, and being open with us. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always, you're always you're so you guys. articulate. You're so good, Nick. Ashley, you're too nice. I'm not that. <laughs> Nick, come back. No, you do. He really speaks from the heart. <laughs> That's right. He really does. He's a good man. Nick, come back soon, please. Ashley, speaking of other good things, we need you to roll into our final sponsor of the podcast. We've been talking a lot about insecurities during today's podcast, and one of mine growing up was definitely pimply skin. But now I have BioClarity, and it is leaving me feeling confident every single morning I look in the mirror. I don't even need makeup anymore because BioClarity has cleared me up so well. BioClarity is suitable for all skin types, and it doesn't use benzoyl peroxide, which always makes me personally red, flaky, and irritated. It's dermatologist tested, developed, and recommended. It's also 100% vegan and cruelty-free and gluten-free and paraben-free. And I remember last week we were like, gluten-free? Why does BioClarity have to be gluten-free? Well, actually, some people are that intolerant to gluten, so they need a product like BioClarity. It's a three-step system. First, you're going to cleanse with the rich foaming cleanser that gently removes dirt and oil and environmental pollutants, which is very important if you live in a city. Then you're going to treat it, and this is going to penetrate your pores and attack the bacteria that causes acne, and it's going to clear up your skin. Finally, you're going to use the Restore Gel, which leaves your skin feeling smooth and refreshed. Our listeners are going to get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That is a $20 savings, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you must enter our code FAMOUS at checkout. They also have new packaging. You can check it out on my Instagram. It's really nice. It may not look like the same BioClarity you've been getting, but it's the good stuff. So make sure to head over to BioClarity.com, plug in our code FAMOUS, and get clear skin that just feels good. Like, it just sucks to be flaky and red and irritated. This stuff is just going to make you look good without makeup. Okay. All right, you guys. Big news. Sarah, who we were talking about earlier in the podcast, who wants to talk a little bit about what she believes that Danielle meant in um, her Instagram from last week, is going to come on, and she's going to talk about Legally Blonde. And that's awesome. I 100% respect any Legally Blonde references. And um, let's just see what she has. I really, really am curious to learn from her. Sarah? Yeah, hi. Hi, Sarah. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm good. I want to know your thoughts about last week's interview and where you think we went wrong. Okay. Um, I think what happened was is that some people perceive problems that other people have as like more minuscule when I think at least with that problem, I see it as like a really deep rooted problem in sexism that some people don't notice because it doesn't seem as serious as others like racism, other sex, other aspects of sexism. So I, whenever I hear that, I do think of Legally Blonde because in Legally Blonde, it's literally, it is my favorite movie of all time. And it's because it's so subtle in the way that it teaches you about sexism. Mm -hmm. Because in Out, like Outwood's story, she, I think in the beginning she's looked at as just that regular sorority girl because that's all she perceives of herself. Because that's what she was taught. She was taught to be beautiful, to use her beauty as a way to, or not even use her beauty. She just 
knows that she's pretty and that that's an asset of hers. But as she moves on into the movie and tries to, like, you have no idea how hard it is to get a 179 on the LSAT. Like, it's almost impossible. That girl is, like, genius. But no one realizes it because she's so beautiful. Like, no one looks past that and just assumes that she got somewhere because of her beauty and not because she's smart as hell. Like, no one takes the time to, like, just get to know her until the end of the movie. And even at the end of the movie, she has to do something insane to prove herself, which sucks because, like, you don't have, you shouldn't have to do something so insane or so above level to be able to get the respect you deserve. I'm learning a lot as I'm listening to this. And um, the main thing is, as you give that example of Legally Blonde, I'm sitting here going, she's completely correct. Uh, I did, you know, I, I think I made the very arrogant and um, unintelligent comment when we talked to Danielle and said something along the lines of, well, how would anybody ever complain about their beauty? I don't see a scenario that somebody would say, I'm too pretty. I don't. How, why, why would anybody complain about that? That's like complaining about having too much money. But now I'm listening to you. I'm saying, well, there's, there right there is an example of why somebody would complain about their beauty. And that makes complete sense. It's very legitimate. Yeah. And um, I, I just want to thanks for pointing that out. You, you taught me something today that I had never, I would have never thought about unless you, and it comes from a, a movie that, um, you know, honestly, I've never seen. But what? I, I ben, Ben, I'm not. I know this sounds silly. It's like could it could have been Oscar worthy. It, it's really well well done. But do you know why it wasn't? It why? Was because it looked as like a chick flick. I and do believe I it was nominated for a Golden Globe though in comedy. That's good. Yeah. But I had like even I had a friend who is similar to me. Like, we're both feminists. We're both really in this. And she's never watched that movie because she said, no, that's just a chip flick. Like, it doesn't have any depth to it. And I'm like, you have no clue what well, you're doing. Hey, missing. time out. Time out. Bef- before, before we start ripping on things here, I particularly love chick flicks. So I, I would watch a chick flick or not. Can we bring chick flicks but back? You- I mean, guys, I'm irritated. It's like people, they the box, the Home Again. Home Again was sort of a chick flick. Um, I need, like, a grand romance, though. Like, there are no Katherine Heigl or J-Lo movies. I don't understand why they're not making them. Um, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. It's like we don't value romance and love in our culture anymore. I think it's a real demonstration of, like, the world we're living in. So, um, movie movie producers of the world, please make some more. I really need like something that's gonna like make my heart flutter with James Marsden or Matthew McConaughey. I know he probably won't do it anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah, okay. I completely understand that, and I just I I but I also like you have to remember like when this movie came out, it was about two thousand one, from what I remember, it was and it was like I I think it may have I do agree with you, Ashley. It should have gotten like at least an Oscar nomination because the subtlety of like the message and like even though like it's it, it wasn't even that subtle, but no one, I don't think a lot of people saw it because they per, they perceived it as something different than it when it was. Like, my friend, when she, like, I sat her down and I made her watch it, by the end, she just said, wow, I, I would have never expected that. And I guess maybe it was their, like, one of, like, on their fault, like, their fault a little bit because yeah. maybe they they didn't really show how deep it could be or how deep it was. Uh-huh. But, I I just think a lot of people judge based on like a cover, and I and I I back to what you were saying with like disagreement wise. I don't think I was disagreeing with you on what you meant like about that message. Uh-huh. I think you guys for a little bit longer were just honing in on her beauty thing, which I was like, 
I just was like, oh, there's so much more depth to this conversation than what they, you guys were getting at at that moment, which is why I wanted to mention that, that idea that even though it seems so superficial to be complaining about your beauty, there's some, like, really deep-rooted idea that really hurts women in, like, different fields that you just don't know about. Like, it's just, it goes so much deeper than just, oh, she's complaining about her beauty. That's just, that's such an asset. It really is not sometimes in this world where you want to be perceived as serious. Some people can't think you're kidding me serious and care about, like, what, like, putting on makeup or working out or something like that. It's just, it, some people just can't make that connection, and it sucks. I, I, I'm learning a lot from you, and I, and I appreciate your passion uh, your passion for justice and your passion to, to communicate things correctly and fairly yeah. and, and your passion for equality. Thank you uh, for calling into this. Uh, I'm learning a lot from you. I'm going to take this and kind of walk away from the podcast and think through, you know, where my heart was at, and where my mind was at during this whole thing. I, I appreciate you telling Ashley and I um, that you didn't necessarily uh, – disagree with us kind of trying to bring up the topic. So that's really, and I mean this, really what we want to do. We had a bunch of emails from our listeners asking us to talk about this Instagram post, and we, so we wanted to do it. I think where the issue mm-hmm. lies, if there, you know, when we talk about issues and what went wrong, and I think in every podcast and everything we do, that we, we don't do them perfectly, was that we didn't communicate um, exactly, um, or we didn't communicate perfectly what we were trying to ask her. And so I appreciate you bringing that up and keeping us accountable. And I hope you can keep us accountable from here on out because we want this to be a podcast that's fun, that's exciting, that's interesting, that's dramatic. We want it to be all those things, but we also don't want to hurt anybody in the process. So thank you for coming on today to the Almost Famous Podcast. Uh, We appreciate you being a listener, and I hope that doesn't stop because of last week. No, it won't stop. And I just, I think one thing that you can fix the next time is just maybe instead of talking about Danielle in the beginning and then coming up with calling her, maybe like put the call first or decide to call her beforehand just so she has a voice. I think a lot of people also were annoyed that it felt like she didn't really have a voice till the end. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally agree. I think that that was something we probably should have done. All right. Thank you. you so much for your call. Sarah. No worries. Really, really appreciate you listening, emailing us, coming on and explaining all of this. Yeah, we love we, part procrastination on my part, but yeah. What do you mean procrastination? <laughs> what do you got to do? I have I actually have class in like a half hour that I need to get to. I'm sure you kill it in class. You're probably a very good class participant. All right, Sarah, thank yeah. you so much. All right, Ben. Yeah. Ben, yeah. Are you ready to wrap this show up? I am. It's been a great episode. We want to thank uh, Nick for coming on today. He is a great guest, and we will have him back. We're excited to have him back. I want to thank Ashley uh, for talking about a topic that I know has affected her deeply. We want to thank the, thank the team uh, from iHeart for putting this podcast together. Hey, we're yeah, one more. Easton and, it's guys, it's Easton and Mark. You know, he, they basically, they're here for Ben and I's, Ben and my podcast. Becca's podcast and Dean's podcast. They listen to so much Bachelor chatter. They just must want to kill us. All right, but we appreciate them. And Amy, we love you so much. All right, guys. One more episode down. We'll talk to you next week. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. See ya. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 